Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Wide Array of Sports Takes. I'm Andrew DeStefano. You can find me at SportsGuru716 on Twitter at WideArrayOfSportsTakes.wordpress.com. Uh, as I say, every episode I post daily fantasy football content, hockey content. In mid-January, I do intend on doing a lot more hockey content. League of Legends starts. NASCAR is already set to start in February, so I like to do those things as well. But right now it is football and hockey. Um, Fridays usually are pretty light. For this because I don't have really a fantasy football related um article. So today I posted a article in relation to Josh Allen's stats. I've done two of these already this year as we track his, you know, growth in year three. More specifically in relation to last year after week seven in 2019 when he had an awakening moment after his injury against, I believe, the Patriots. And, you know, ever since then, it seems that he has corrected a lot of his issues with turning the ball over and being reckless, with the exception of, you know, here or there he still has his moments, but over the vast majority of the time, he has been better. So that article I have is in comparison to 45 quarterbacks who also have thrown the ball at least 150 times since then and how he relates to them in major statistics, like total yards per game, touchdowns, turnovers, um, rushing yards, and the thing, things like that. I think there's like 8 to 10 stats I have there. The best quarterback with 150 attempts in that statistic, the worst quarterback, and where Allen falls in that. Um, but like I said, keep in mind there are 45 quarterbacks that qualify for that. So if he is like 26, then, I mean not 26, but let's just say he's like 21st and something that still makes him upper half. And then I'll also have a um, post about the forwards and the cap efficiency that occurred for contracts for players in the NHL this past offseason. Actually, last night I had to update it because the Florida Panthers signed Anthony Duclair, and that was actually a very, very, very efficient deal out of I believe there were almost like, I want to say nearly 200 forwards that were signed to some sort of deal this offseason. Duclair had the sixth best deal. Um, that was a great deal for Florida. He becomes their first right winger on their first line, in my opinion. I think he's better than Patrick Hornquist. And honestly, looking at my metrics and how I had the projections going into the final standings for the year, obviously Duclair wasn't on Florida at the time. This vaults Florida from being a team that I didn't have in the playoffs to taking Minnesota's spot in the playoffs, which is a big deal. Minnesota didn't necessarily belong there. If you read that article I had, they were in the need help category, but were benefiting from a weaker division. And with Minnesota being out, it now goes to Florida in that spot. And honestly, that division becomes slightly better. I mean, over the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot across the whole division. But for Florida's case, it's a massive deal. I mean, he becomes their best right winger and their third best forward, in my opinion, going into this year based on what they did last season. Um, uh, $1.7 million for a player that can do what Duclair does, that's a steal for the Panthers. Now, I mean, I'm rambling a lot more this episode because, honestly, like I said, I don't have a lot to go over. Um, tonight, there is a big game between the UB Bulls and Ball State. 
it'll be the MAC championship game. Hopefully, UB crushes them like they've crushed all their other opponents. So UB has a chance at like making a case for a decent bowl game this year. They are in the top twenty-five. Um, for the first time in their their you know their existence, Lance Leipold's looking like he might end up going to another school next year. It's entirely possible. Um, it's unfortunate, but a reality of UB. You know, some people think that we're cheap or we don't spend money, but the fact of the matter is, being in the SUNY system, we are kind of limited in what we can do spending wise in the athletic department, and it shows because the basketball, I mean, the baseball team has been shut down. There's been multiple teams shut down in the in the school the last couple of years, not only because of COVID, you know, the, the, the travel costs, the, you know, lack of attendance of home games. They're not making any money. A lot of these programs and people like to say that the UB is cheap, but I mean, and this was a while ago, but I remember when I was in taking my sports management classes, they were saying how not many schools were actually making a profit in the athletic department. You know, like the big schools, yes, like Notre Dame, USC, you know, Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, like the big schools, yes, but a school like UB, no, they're not making a profit. The fact of the matter is they are not. And to compare them to other schools is, you know, disingenuous. Like, I mean, I will even Google this right now, being on the podcast since i'm rambling i don't really know the public university um the public university no so we get we get compared to um, you know, we were just compared to Coastal Carolina, for example, right? Because they're doing great and they just signed their coach. But I believe this school, the, it's a public university, but it's... Um, they are... Yeah. So they, as of 1993, became an independent university. So they're independent. So they're not relying on other schools for money. You know, their endowment and things like that from alumni is what's going to pay that coach. And that coach is probably going to leave anyways. You know, UB with Turner Gill and, and um, you know, he left, Turner Gill left. You know, the basketball coaches, Bobby Hurley and Nate Oates, both left. They both had contracts, and they left because other schools offer so much money that it pays the buyout to get out of our contract. It's just a fact of the matter. We can't compete. We cannot compete. Now, more relation to last night. That game, by the way, is at 7.30, like I said, on ESPN. Now, last night's game, Chargers-Raiders, ended up great. Overtime game. I watched the first half. I had Keenan Allen in this game. I had to play him. I mean, the guy was playing despite almost not playing. I, I had to play him. I didn't have a choice. I thought, you know, if I don't play him and he does fine, then I probably lost a week. If I do play him and he sucks, well, at least I tried to play him when he said, don't sit me. So I didn't sit him. Um, Darren Waller had a great game for me, so it kind of offset that. But even then, it's a, it's a close call. Herbert had a great game, you know, fantasy-wise. 
Austin Eckler, let's see, 6 points, 10 points, 11.9. That's okay. Not Austin Eckler-like, not the second running back in the rankings like he was supposed to be. Balage did nothing. Um, Kelly did nothing. I mean, though, like I said, Balage was a fringe guy going into my rankings yesterday, and he acted like it. Guyton had a decent day. Henry had a top five tight end day. Tyron Johnson's a pretty good player. Uh, Mike Williams was banged up. Like I said, Keenan Allen was banged up going into the game. You know, that was kind of risky. Vegas, Derek Carr left the game. This is probably the biggest difference. I think the Raiders probably win this football game if Derek Carr plays the whole way. Mariota, it's nothing against Mariota, but I do think Carr is better than Mariota. So given that this game went to overtime, I think if Carr plays, the game doesn't go to overtime. You know, the Raiders score one more touchdown and win. Mariota did provide a lot, though, in the running game, which is what, you know, not his claim to fame, but a very big part of his game with the Titans and coming out of college in 2015. Um, he did okay. Did throw an interception, which, I mean, is almost to be expected. He, you know, his completion percentage wasn't that great either, which is to be expected. He played kind of like how it's better than we thought he would because of the running ability. I mean, 90 yards is a big deal running the ball um, from a guy you didn't expect to. Like, if you have a guy like Derek Carr back there, as the Chargers, you're not expecting this guy that can play zone read to take off for 20 yards, 10 yards at a clip, you know, out of the backfield. So, you know, that's that kind of a big deal for the Raiders and a big reason why they were able to stick in the game with Carr going out early. Josh Jacobs was, you know, he got fed the ball, but they didn't run the ball very well. Obviously, 7.66, 13.6 points, 19.6. I mean, he had a 20-point day, which is a good day fantasy-wise, but that's because he was fed the ball, not because of the Raiders' success. If you average 2.9 yards a carry, that is definitely not good enough. Um, it's, it's pretty awful. You take this big carry of 20 yards out of uh, Josh Jacobs' game that he had, 56 yards on 25 carries is absolutely awful. That is very, that is just awful. You don't win games that way. And, um, because, I mean, you think about football, you get three downs to get 10 yards. So you need 3.3, 3.3, whatever yards a carry to hypothetically get a first down if you ran the ball three times in a row. So if you're averaging 2.9 yards a carry, you, you no longer, the other team has to respect the run. They don't have to respect you running the ball. Because no matter what, you're not going to get a first down if you ran the ball three times. So, you know, the, the Raiders are not doing the job there. Booker, you know, 4.2 points, pretty much useless this week. Darren Waller, obviously a monster game, had 30 points. Aguilar, you know, he did low-tier flex work, 8.9 points. I had him as a high-tier flex. I think if Carr plays, he plays better. But because Mariota played, that is what it is i mean you don't expect that going in and that's pretty much that so i mean like i said today was going to be kind of short um looking at forwards my forward list real fast just glancing over it obviously it's on my wordpress if you want to look at it it ranks all the contracts handed out you know former saber tyler ennis last year was a very good player for the oilers i have him as the second most efficient contract this offseason because only for a million dollars it's great Dominic Cahoon, another former Sabre from last year, third. Um, you know, um, former Sabre Jimmy Vesey, 11th. 
Former Sabre Derek Grant, 15th. Uh, I have Olison's contract, 23rd. I mean, the list goes on and on. Taylor Hall's contract, I did not think was that great. I mean, obviously, it's a situation. I have it 79th out of 113 contracts. Mikhail Grigorenko's is the worst. He's back, by the way. Now, the reason why uh, Taylor Hall is 79th is because last year he wasn't that good. Now, we did pay him big money because he's the best player in free agency. You have to pay that. It's kind of like Peter Angel yesterday. Um, but for what it's worth, that was a lot of money to pay for a guy that you're hoping is better than he was last year. And that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it was a big waste of money. So, you know, that's kind of the deal there. There's a lot of two-way contracts here. I mean, I've there were like... 92, 112 two-way contracts also. Like, it, there's a lot of forwards signed this offseason. Tomorrow I will post my top 20 center list. Or I might do it Sunday because the Bills play tomorrow. Um, I might end up swapping my days. My rankings will go up tomorrow. And then I'll have my weekly predictions, which I've been doing very well. I've been 75, almost 75% on my win rate the last um, four weeks, last month here. And, uh, yeah, so maybe I'll do that Sunday, the uh, top 20 center list. Tomorrow will be more football-oriented. So come back tomorrow for more content. If you like it, like it, share it, retweet it, um, message me if you have a take that's different than mine. Um, like I said, please share it if you liked it, if you want more people to listen to it. I don't have, you know, a ton of people listening to this. By comparison to my articles, I mean... My articles did very well this past week. Oh, I just remembered what I missed today. Check my WordPress. I will have an injury report part two up. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back tomorrow for more content.